from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. Earlier this year in Morocco, Agadir to be specific, we went along for the ride during African Lion 2019. My name is First Lieutenant Wilson Meyer. I am First Platoon Leader for Apache Troop 175 Cav, 2nd Brigade Combat Team, 101st Airborne Division, Air Assault. I am down here in Morocco conducting platoon live fire exercises. Just before this, my platoon was training Moroccan forces with the help of other British forces how to employ all of our uh, direct fire weapon systems. It's important that we're down here because it's showing all of my soldiers that our Moroccan forces and our allied counterparts are competent, confident, and just as lethal as we are. And coming up, African Lion 2020. What's it going to look like? So we're going to incorporate naval forces, air forces, ground forces, special operations forces, a lot of emphasis on command and control. And the U.S. contribution to African Lion 20 is going to be much larger. So the intent is to make this... um, a multi-domain, complex uh, operation that allows the U.S. and our African partners to build readiness. That's Major General Roger Cloutier, the U.S. Army Africa Commanding General. The full interview coming up in this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. African Lion is an annually scheduled multinational military exercise with the U.S. and Morocco playing the leading roles. It's designed to improve interoperability and mutual understanding of each nation's tactics, techniques, and procedures while demonstrating a bond between the nation's militaries. And it helps them prepare for the possibility they'd need to ally together to collaborate in a real-time military situation. This year, approximately 1,100 U.S. military personnel went to Morocco to take part, In addition, activities took place outside of Morocco, in Tunisia, including a field training exercise, aviation air-to-ground integration, a command post exercise, and non-commissioned officer development. Other participating nations included Spain, the United Kingdom, and Canada. So what's going to happen in April of 2020? That's the subject of this interview with Major General Roger Cloutier, head of U.S. Army Africa. General Cloutier, it's good to talk to you again. Um, Last I saw you, we were in Agadir, Morocco at African Lion 2019. And I know planning has already started for 2020. So can you start off by telling us what 2020 African Lion will look like? Uh, Sure, JJ. It's good to see you again. Uh, Well, 2020 is going to be larger in scope. Um, It's going to be focused on multi-domain operations. that um, allow us to exercise uh, 
all the different components of um, our warfighting requirements. So as we as we came out of African uh, Lion 19, we did an after action review. We looked at you know those exercise specific lessons learned. How could we make the exercise better? But then we also looked at the the training objectives that U.S. forces and our African partner forces wanted to achieve. And so taking those new training objectives and what we learned from 19, we've applied them to African Lion 2020. Um, so we're going to incorporate naval forces, air forces, ground forces, special operations forces, a lot of emphasis on command and control. And the U.S. contribution to African Lion 20 is going to be much larger. So the intent is to make this um, a multi-domain, complex uh, operation that allows the U.S. and our African partners to build readiness. Can you give us a few metrics, what we're expecting to see in terms of vehicles, aircraft, support aircraft, miles, and all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, JJ. So we think, I mean, we're still in the planning uh, stages right now, and numbers, you know, can fluctuate. But, you know, we're looking about... Uh, about 9,000 uh, U.S. participants, 20-plus um, mission aircraft. We're going to have, you know, around 40 to 45 support aircraft, 100-plus vehicles. Um, we're going to have uh, multiple naval components, 17 multinational partners. Um, we're going to have – we're going to focus uh, this time a lot on uh, our role as the theater army and opening a theater. So – Joint logistics is going to be another area of focus. Um, our JTF headquarters, our ability to command and control uh, a, a float. So we're going to try to operate a float and then move our headquarters ashore. Uh, so you're going to see um, it's going to be a much more multi-domain operation. What you saw last time, there were, there were pockets of training that were focused on... Um, individual units partnering together, but there wasn't an overarching construct that tied everything together, that tied the air component, the naval component, the special operations component, and the ground component all together. Um, and then um, our partnered forces where who are hosting the exercises, uh, Tunisia, uh, Morocco, and uh, Senegal, their national operations centers and their national level command and control uh, is going to be exercised also. So we're really kind of taking it up a couple steps. Mm -hmm. Have you had to use any of the training with any of these partners that you've trained with in African Lion up through 2019 in any actual real-world scenarios since that uh, last training ended? Uh, and uh, if so, um, how useful is this? Has, was it? Has, did it prove exactly what you thought it would be? Um, yeah, so every time you exercise, um, you take away, you know, I always say it's only a lesson noted until you change behavior. Then it becomes a lesson learned. And so coming out of African line, and I'll speak specifically to uh, USARAF, U.S. Army Africa, in our role as a joint task force headquarters, um, we learned, we, we noted a lot of lessons. We came back out of African Lion 19 and we changed our SOPs and our processes in terms of how we command and control. Um, and we are uh, much more able to uh, synchronize and command and control joint and multinational partners simultaneously. Uh, so 
we're, you know, we have a, a, uh, a mission to be a deployable joint task force headquarters. So in the context of our ability to deploy a joint task force to the continent and conduct operations, uh, we're much more capable uh, than we were in 19 because we applied those lessons learned. Mm-hmm. I gather that the world is a much more peaceful place because of this since 2019 and, and everything that was learned in that region, I mean, it's a it's it's a much more confident place, and uh, all of the stakeholders realizing and feeling that they could handle things as a result of uh, the 2019 African Lion, which was pretty extensive, you know, before even thinking about 2020, that was pretty extensive itself. So I assume it instilled a sense of confidence in your partners. Yeah, so, you know, uh, everybody that participated in, in, in African Lion are great partners. They're committed to this relationship. Um, we, at the end of African Lion 19, I mean, the day after the exercise ended, we had a, a joint uh, multinational planning conference for 20 while everything was still fresh in our mind. So our partners, uh, you know, Tunisia, Morocco, Senegal, um, that partner with us in African Lion uh, are great partners. They're committed to this exercise. Uh, and I think their intent is to make it bigger um, and broader in context and scope with each passing year. Sir, what about the threats? I mean, I think I might have mentioned this to you last year, and I'm not sure if you were ready at that time to discuss. It may not be now, because it's still a fairly sensitive issue, but the Russians and the Chinese uh, are both present in Africa, uh, and they both are engaging, and they are trying to do the same thing, I guess, on some level that the U.S. is, is establish some kinds of uh, connections with some of those folks there. How does what you're, you're doing uh, deal or in, how do you deal with that, recognizing that kind of competition there? Yeah, so, so J.J., you know, it's not just the Pacific and Europe. Uh, China and Russia are actively engaged on the African continent. Um, and we know that and we can't ignore that fact. And so... Um, the U.S. and our allies, if we're not engaged there, then somebody's going to fill that gap. Um, but our partners uh, in the context of African Lion, they recognize what the United States brings to the table. You know, as part of every training evolution, we focus on the rule of law. We focus on human rights, uh, and they understand that. Um, but what they also understand is that the United States is a preferred partner uh, our training, our discipline, our soldiers, and what we bring to be uh, bring to the table uh, is unmatched. Uh, and so, uh, I think our partnership is strong there uh, in that region, and I think everybody recognizes what we bring to the table. What are you doing in between African Lion exercises? There's a lot, obviously, that you do, and it probably would take a very long time for you to go through that. So maybe you can kind of give us some, some thumbnails of some of the other things that are your daily responsibilities, um, you know, beyond these exercises. Because, and, and, and be clear, African Lion's not the only one right. that you do. Right. So uh, what else is happening? Well, we have, uh, 
we've got the Accord series of exercises. Last year we did uh, an Accord series in Ethiopia, uh, and then we did an Accord series uh, in Rwanda, and those are focused on um, peacekeeping operations and, and pre-deployment training uh, for uh, our partners who are getting ready to go do those types of operations. In 2019, we had approximately 217 theater security cooperation events. In FY20, right now we have 375 approximately that are planned. So you can kind of see our workload is going up. Um, and why is that, might I ask? Well, because, I mean, our African partners want want uh, to train with us, and they want to receive our training. Uh, and so they are requesting uh, more and more every day. And what I try to do is look at the resources I have, um, prioritize those resources, uh, and do training events uh, where I can. And it's things like um, counter-ID training, medical training, training. Uh, infantry maneuver training, you know, those type of things that our partners are asking for. We're also helping them uh, develop command and control uh, capability uh, and, and um, also helping them uh, develop uh, some of their instructional methods in their institutional training centers. Uh, so that keeps us quite busy. You went out to a medical readiness exercise uh, last year at African Lion. We did six in 19. We're scheduled for oh, five in 19, I'm sorry, and we're scheduled for eight uh, in 20. Um, you saw the impact of that. They're life-changing. So we're going to do eight of those. Uh, where we go out and uh, we partner with uh, our African partners um, and not only train them uh, in terms of their medical capability, but then take that out to uh, the local population. And you saw when you went out last year, cataract surgeries, removing, you know, growths and things like that, that changed the lives of these people. Um, that keeps us busy. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, as an Army Service Component Command, you know, we have Title Ten responsibilities, so I have responsibilities as a theater army um, to uh, work with Headquarters Department of the Army. We have funding, you know, those type of things. The other thing that, that keeps us busy is my role as uh, the SRO, the Senior Responsible Officer for all U.S. Army Forces uh, in Italy. Uh, so I've got uh, approximately 20,000 people that live in the Vicenza military community, family members, Department of the Army civilians, soldiers. Uh, and so there's a lot that we focus on there. So it's busy, um, but it's a great unit and it's a great place to operate and work. How has your projection for the next few years for the rest of your command changed because of real-world events that are taking place? Because things happen very fast, and, you know, a lot of things are unexpected. That's just life. But when it happens on the scale that it happens when it comes to security events and you're talking about regional threats, et cetera, there's a heck of a much larger impact that requires a lot more planning over time. So just wondering, how have events, you know, recently impacted your thoughts, your planning for the next few years? Um, so we, we've, we've looked uh, very hard at prioritization. So we understand, you know, in the context of, of uh, what's going on in the entire globe that... Um, DOD has to prioritize. So given the assets that, that uh, we've been given or been allocated, um, we've taken a very deliberate approach in terms of what we want to do. And then once we decide what the priorities are and where we want to focus, um, we're very deliberate in 
um, how we operationalize that. So before we send soldiers out to do any mission, um, the planning is very deliberate, right? Where are they going? What are they doing? What assets do they have? Um, what are the potential contingencies? And then how would we respond to that? And if I don't feel comfortable with the level of risk uh, based on the situation, then we won't do that mission until I'm comfortable that we've mitigated it. Um, but I think uh, I think long term, uh, we haven't really changed our approach. We're focused on building partner capacity, making the African armies uh, stronger and more capable, developing their institutions. Uh, and so day in, day out, um, our mission hasn't changed. Our focus hasn't changed. One question now that I sh- should have asked a little earlier, but I'll ask it now anyway because it'll put it all in context. So why are we talking, why is it important to be talking about and planning for African Lion 2020 now? Um, I mean, I guess in your, from your perspective, that's what you do. That's how you operate. But from a media consumer's point of view, what makes it relevant now, what you're doing for 2020? Well, um, you know, Morocco, Tunisia, Senegal are great partners, uh, great African partners. And to, to put an exercise uh, like this into place and execute it takes a year's worth of planning. It's complex. Um, you have to bring forces from uh, the United States, uh, observers from other countries. You have to bring it all together in time and space. You have to um, figure out what events you want to occur. You have to take all the training units, training objectives, and incorporate them into the exercise and then wrap a scenario around it that makes sense to everybody. This isn't something you can do in a week, so it's a series of planning events that occur uh, over a year-long uh, period. Um, I, don't know if I guess I'll ask this question this way. What I'm getting at here is the people that are listening need to understand why African Lion is important and why you're doing what you're doing um, from a global security point of view. So what is that? What is what is the answer to that? Okay, so the first thing I'll say is, you know, Africa matters. Uh, A stable and prosperous, secure Africa uh, is important to the United States. Uh, Right now, uh, there's 1.3 billion people that live on the African continent by 2050. That population is projected to be at 2.4 billion people, uh, 40% of the world's population growth uh, by 2050 is going to occur on the African continent. So by 2050, one out of every four people in the world uh, is going to be an African. It uh, has a huge uh, young population. Uh, it has areas that are ungoverned. Uh, it has violent extremist organizations. And so what occurs in Africa uh, is important to everybody. What haven't I covered that we need to engage on before this is over today? I want to end with America should be proud of her sons and daughters. The young men and women who deploy to Africa to do these theater security cooperation events, to do these training events, to participate in these exercises, uh, are great ambassadors for the United States. They represent the best America has to offer, uh, and they're doing a great job. We ask a lot of our soldiers, uh, and I just want the people out there to know that those young men and women that deploy to Africa, that wear the, the uniform of the United States Army, uh, are doing a phenomenal job, and they should be proud of them. That's Major General Roger Cloutier, Commanding General of U.S. Army Africa. African Lion 2020 is scheduled for next spring. We'll be sure to bring you the latest on that 
when it happens. In the meantime, coming up in our next episode of Target USA, cyber is the new intel. That's what Colonel Yachtarian of the Estonian Air Force says. And that is not necessarily a good thing. I refer to the past era when nations were really reluctant to share intelligence amongst each other. Uh, even the friendly, very close allies, they, they were reluctant to share intelligence. Uh, it has turned to the better in the intel world. However, in the cyber world, still nations uh, are, are not sharing enough sensitive data in order to help each other. And while the nation states are trying to figure out how to work with each other, there's still the issue of working within itself. Each nation has its own issues. Our, our biggest challenge is to uh, continue the understanding and the transmission of what we are trying to do with regard to fighting in cyberspace and in the information domain across our entire depth of our army. We, we work with senior leaders, uh, we work with cadets, but as everybody's constantly changing the leadership and you have new people coming into the jobs, it's a continual fight to bring up the, the base knowledge. In other words, according to Colonel Andrew Hall, director of the Army Cyber Institute at West Point, the pace of change is a gigantic problem for the U.S. and every other country around the world wrestling with everything related to a military approach to using cyber. So in our next episode, we'll hear what the problems are and hear what the solutions are, as well as the time frame for getting it done. That's it for this edition of Target USA. If you have any questions or comments, send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskey, tango, oscarpapa.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. Also, if you want more intelligence and national security information, sign up for our newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff at WTOP.com slash alerts. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Podcast One is really excited to welcome Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson to the Podcast One family. Listen as Mike Tyson, the baddest man on the planet, according to some, pours his soul into conversations with fascinating minds and celebrities and athletes, along with his cosmic millennial sidekick and former NFLer Eben Britton. Kid Dynamite dives deep into the issues impacting us all today. This podcast could change the way you see the world. Don't miss Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson every week on Apple Podcast and Podcast One. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.